This is the Sterling Vineyard Sundays podcast. We are a church passionate about encountering Jesus and sharing his love with our city. To find out more about who we are, visit our website at sterlingvineyard.co.uk. Hey, well, it's great to be with you all. I'm Steve, which I've just been introduced, so that's fine. Um, We're in Acts 13 uh, today, so Ailey's now caught up officially. Um, Yeah, and what we're talking about is being empowered for mission uh, today. So we're at the point in Acts where uh, we've been looking at this now for 12 chapters, um, and we're now at the point probably about halfway through the book, 28 chapters, so we're 13 almost. I'm going to take it as halfway. Um, And we're at the point where the... um, we're probably 13 years from when Jesus has been resurrected and ascended into heaven, and uh, the Holy Spirit has been gifted at, at Pentecost. Um, and so in that time, we've seen the disciples' journey from um, the time they spent with Jesus uh, to them living in fear for their lives in Jerusalem and being timid but faithful. And then that faith has grown And we've then seen them boldly demonstrating the kingdom of God by preaching of the gospel, the healing of the sick, caring for the poor. Uh, We've been hearing about this for the last last few weeks in Acts. Uh, And we've seen the leaders in Israel become angry. They've started to persecute the church and persecute the disciples, and they locked Peter up, and Peter broke out of prison miraculously. Um, And in some cases, they're even being stoned stoned and, uh, and, and killed. And uh, these persecutions lead to a a first church plant out in a place called Antioch, which is in Syria uh, today. Um, And so the the church is starting to spread just a little bit from Jerusalem out into into Samaria. Uh, We've seen a lot of Jewish converts. um, And we've also seen some glimmers of non-Jewish people being converted into the kingdom as well. We've seen Philip being baptized. uh, Sorry, Philip baptizing the Ethiopian in chapter 8 and Cornelius in chapter 10 who was a Roman official, um, and like I say, the, the church in Antioch being established outside of Jerusalem, and that being uh, the place where people were first called Christians. So the story of Acts is the story of the early church, but it's also the story of the good news spreading from Jerusalem out into the ends of the earth. Um, it's sometimes known as Acts of the Apostles, but I kind of want us to change our thinking on that and think about it as the Acts of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Right, the church are really partnering with Jesus in mission and with the Holy Spirit in mission. And as we'll see today, God is the main actor in history, um, in His story, not only in Acts but through the whole, all of time. Um, the church's job is to partner with Jesus and the Holy Spirit and what He's doing, and to be co-workers of the kingdom. So it takes a bit of the pressure off, right, in, in terms of mission and what we're talking about today. Um, Yeah, so in the first 12 chapters, we focused on the church in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. And now in chapter 13, we see this uh, turning to the rest of the world and sharing the good news in word and action. Um, So coming into Acts 13, we're now going to look at the next, not today, we're not going to look at the next seven chapters today, but we're going to look at one chapter today. But we're coming into this section of of Acts where there are seven chapters outlining these missionary journeys that a guy called Paul is undertaking. He's one of the main characters in Acts. And as he's doing all these journeys, he actually writes the rest of the New Testament, right? All these letters that he's writing to the churches that he's, he's establishing and planting. 
And in these journeys, there's lots of lessons. Um, but what we're going to look at today is really that model for mission, uh, for going into communities so we can live out our faith in a practical way. And how we tell people is an essential part of that as well. Now, I've brought with me today a printed Bible. How many of these are in the room? I see Rach has got one. But, um, yeah, I've lost my place now. <laughs> so why have I brought my printed Bible? I brought it because there's maps in the back of it, right? And this is, this is where, um, it's quite hard for the mic. There we go. You've got all these maps in the back of your Bible, right? If you've got a phone, you probably don't have that. But Becca's put it up on the screen, which is great. But um, I, I love maps and have always liked them. We've got one in our hallway um, of the area where we live. We've got a really old OS map, which is kind of useless now, but it was like from 1800 or something uh, of the area. It's quite cool. And I'm the guy that there's a helicopter will fly over our house at three in the morning. I'll be walking up by it and I'll be on flight radar looking at the map. Tracking, tracking this helicopter to see where it's going. Um, so I love maps. I've always looking, loved looking at maps, and that's what I would do in church when I was young. I'd flip to the back and look at the maps and, you know, flip around. But anyway, we've got one on the screen for everyone today that doesn't have a map in the back of their iPhone. Uh, so essentially what we're looking at is Paul takes three journeys. Um, he, the, the one that we're going to look at today is the Red Journey, which was his first journey from uh, Antioch to Cyprus, um, and then into what's called Asia Minor and what is currently Turkey today. Um, now, Becca hates cruises, but I've priced this up as a trip. Uh, it would be about £1,000 per person, which is quite a lot, but it would have been cheaper back then, but probably a lot more dangerous. Um, the second journey... Somebody else will be talking about that, thankfully. Um, but that goes from um, Antioch and goes all the way back through Turkey. He ends up in Greece and it comes back to uh, Jerusalem and then back to Antioch again. And then the, the purple one, I think it's purple, um, is all the way to uh, back through... Um, he doesn't go to Cyprus, does he? He goes back through Turkey, much like Turkey. He goes to Crete and then goes to Malta, which is a nice place. Then he goes up to, up to Rome. So the, these, these are incredible journeys, epic journeys for the, the time, right? This is like thousands of years ago, obviously. Um, and um, as lovely as these destinations sound, and as much as I want to go to Rome, never been, um, these were not holidays. They weren't sightseeing journeys. These were missions that Paul was going on. And this theme of missions is central to Acts. And the early church engaging with missions is why Christianity spread across the nations. It's really why we're here today, right? If Paul hadn't done these things, probably, you know, the church might have just died out. If he wasn't obedient, it might have just stayed in Jerusalem. I'm sure that wouldn't have happened because that wasn't God's plan. But that, that is why we're here today. This is how the church has grown. Um, and the, so the church responded to that command that the good news should be taken to the ends of the earth to all people. So I want to ask a question. Why, why missions? Just keeping up. Um, so why missions? Well, missions exist to make God known. Uh, and where God is known, the people worship him. Um, so really, the, the, first, the first reason is missions exist where worship doesn't. Worship, that's where missions are needed. Where, worship, where people are not worshiping God, where they don't know about God, where they don't know about Jesus, that's where missions are needed. And that's why they exist. Um, 
I've got a few scriptures here. So in Psalm 96, it says, Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. In Isaiah, it says, And you will say in that day, Give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Proclaim that his name is exalted. And in Romans 9, referring back to Pharaoh, it says, For the scripture says to Pharaoh, For this very purpose I have raised you up, that I might show my power in you, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. You see, God's name matters to God, and it matters to us. And God being known matters to God, and it matters to us. And that's why we do missions. So that's the, that's the first thing. The, the whole point is that he gets, he gets worship. Um, you might ask, is there an easier way? Maybe one where what I'd like to do is stay at home and pray, and God can do the stuff over there without me. That's not really the model. That's not how it works, unfortunately. Um, and when I was younger, that's the way I would think. I used to avoid talking about missions because I'd always think, oh, God's going to ask me to go to Africa, and I don't want to go to Africa, right? Um, and I'd like to be busy doing stuff in church, keeping busy, and I could ignore kind of what's going on out there. The fear was that God would take me out of my comfort and send me to some place far from my home comforts. Um, and that type of mission does exist today, but the church is scattered now. You know, the church is in most countries, and so most of our, hap- our mission happens here. It happens in the local church, in our local communities. Um, God has given the world the church. He's given our community in Sterling this church, and we aren't a church called to make disciples by staying inside, but to go and engage with our communities in the way that the early church did. So the second point is the missions are essential for salvation. Uh, in Acts 4, it says, There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Um, and in 1 John, it says, By this we know that we love the children of God. When we love God, we and obey his commandments. So it's all about knowledge. It's about knowing God and about knowing his name, making his name known. And if we're not doing that with the people that we meet, with our friends at work, um, people we meet on the streets, um, then salvation isn't going to happen. People need to hear. Um, and as a movement, the Vineyard are really committed to this, which is great. You know, we want to model mission in the way that Jesus did it. You know, so we want to um, be caring for people, you know, looking out for the poor. We want to be praying for people, healing uh, illnesses uh, by the Holy Spirit. And then we want to be telling people and welcoming in the poor and loving them. And, you know, if we read the Gospels, we'll see everything that Jesus did. That's what we're called to do. Um, and that's kind of what stretched me in my faith. Um, when I joined the Vineyard, we joined in, in Glasgow. There was a guy called John Shades. John is a pastor now in Enniskillen in Northern Ireland. I think he's still there. Um, and... Before I knew, I joined the church, and then before I knew it, he had me out on Byers Road in Glasgow with a Ghostbusters backpack on with hot chocolate and then, uh, you know, filling up people's cups with, with hot chocolate. And it's a bizarre experience to recall. I'm not suggesting we go do that. Um, but then we also ended up in Buchanan Street with a big banner like this that says healing on it and praying for people in, in the street. And um, that's not anonymous. That's not where you can hide and not engage, right? You're right there and you're in it. And, you know, people were healed and they came to church and they were saved, which is great. 
Uh, and without that type of mission at a local level, salvation just doesn't happen. So that missions are essential. And it's great this morning, I think we should just rerun the announcements, right? Because we're talking about horse riding. I love that. Um, and uh, gaming weekends and alpha and all the stuff that's going on around SU and, and, and the church. I think it's fantastic that we're doing all these things. It's a real challenge that all of us can get involved in that. Um, so maybe Ailey can go through the announcements again at the end and we can all scan the QR codes. Um, but yeah, I think Alpha will be great for us. I think it will be a really good, um, real solid outreach um, that will happen really locally as well. So missions exist where worship doesn't and local missions are essential for salvation. So now we're going to talk about Acts 13 and we're going to talk about it in the context of the Acts of Sterling Vineyard, right? So that's going to be the next book of the Bible that we write, not, not the official Bible, but that's going to be our story, right, as we're going through this. So we're going to read Acts uh, 13, verse 1 to 3, to start with, which says, Now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called uh, Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then, after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on and sent them off. I read this section, I was like, wow. Let's just take a second and look at everything that church is doing. They're praying, they're fasting, they're worshipping, they're teaching, they're doing prophecy. Sounds like a really cool, vibrant church, right? Sounds like the kind of things that we do here, which is, which is great. They're also a sending church. Uh, I can imagine that they didn't send only Barnabas and Saul, but possibly others too, to other, other places that maybe aren't documented. Um, and they're praying and fasting. Discipline's useful for posturing towards God and understanding his will for our lives. But the key thing here is it's the Holy Spirit that initiates the mission says, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. It's the Holy Spirit that initiates mission. It's not necessarily us that's doing it. We're doing it with the Holy Spirit. And the church's response to that is obedience. And the church then, after fasting and praying, laid their hands on them and sent them off. So, I think we're missing a slide there, Beck. But that's fine. Right, move on to point four. Um, so missions involve adversity so once uh, Paul and Barnabas had gone to uh, Cyprus the first the first stop on their journey um, being sent out by the Holy Spirit they went down to Seleucia and from there they sent they sailed to Cyprus Uh, when they arrived at Salamis they proclaimed the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews and they had John to assist them So again, we've got confirmation that they were sent by the Holy Spirit and they were obedient to that command. And as they arrive in Paphos, they uh, come across this magician and false prophet, a guy called Bar-Jesus. And he's with this Roman official uh, called Sergius. Uh, And Sergius is interested to hear what Paul and Barnabas um, have to say. He's interested in learning about the faith. But this Bar-Jesus opposed them to keep Sergius from the faith, it says in Acts. So adversity comes when we're trying to speak truth, yeah? Um, so 
if I meet that type of opposition while I'm sharing my faith with someone, I'd probably not react very well. I'd probably struggle with that. I'd probably not know how to handle it necessarily. I'd probably quite probably shy away, and that would probably be a challenge enough maybe for me to, to step back um, from that. But Paul, in verse 9, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, You son of the devil, you enemy of righteousness, full of all deceit and villainy. And he essentially prophesied that um, he would be blind and unable to see the sun for a time, and that immediately happens. Um, and at that point, then the proconsul believed when he saw what had occurred, for he was astonished at the teaching of the Lord. So there we see Paul kind of challenged with that, that type of aggression, you know, adversity that I would struggle with. And he's empowered and emboldened by the Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit. He was able to confront opposition, uh, and he didn't waver in what he was saying. He didn't waver in his faith. Uh, he called out truth and justice, which led Sergius to believe. So in missions, we should expect adversity. We should expect things to be difficult. Um, we shouldn't expect the easy path. But we should ask God to fill us with the Holy Spirit and help us to speak truth. Um, okay, so coming on to verse uh, 16. Uh, Paul and Barnabas move on from Paphos to a place called uh, Poseidon, Antioch, which is in Turkey. Um, and here there's a synagogue, and they're asked by the synagogue leaders to give a word of encouragement. It says, if you have a word of encouragement, then please give it. And Paul uh, speaks up and says, men of Israel and you who fear God, listen. And what he does is he goes on to tell the whole story of, of Israel, from their captivity in Egypt, all the way through their time in the wilderness, uh, to their entering the promised land, and the leaders that God had given them, from the judges through to King Saul and King David. What I love about this section is that Paul is really putting God as the main actor in the story, like I said. So if you look in verse 17, it said, God chose our fathers. God made the people great. God uplifted his arm to take them out of Egypt. God put up with them in the wilderness. God gave them the land as an inheritance. God gave them judges and prophets. God gave them Saul and God raised up David. And God brought the Savior, Jesus. So when we're, we're doing missions, we shouldn't worry that Stephen needs to do, or Ailey needs to do, or Rich needs to do. We should think, what's God doing? What's God going to do? Um, God's the main actor in his story. So we can take great faith in that, that God is still moving today um, as we're doing missions. See, that mission extends for all eternity, and we're playing a really small part, a narrow part in that much, much larger story. And God's done all these things through history for his people. God is that main actor. So as Paul finally points to Jesus, the good news, he points out what people did. And people, it says, did not recognize Jesus as God. People did not see Jesus fulfilling the prophets. People condemned Jesus to death and people put Jesus in a tomb. And that's what happens when people do it on their own strength and they miss what God's doing. But God raised Jesus from the dead. And that's the main actor again at play. It says in verse 38, Let it be known, and through this man, forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you, and by him everyone who believes is freed from everything by which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. So it's this history that causes Paul to be stood where he is, far from home, telling these people the good news um, that is promised and fulfilled in Jesus. And that's the same history that leads us to being a church in Sterling today, ready to tell our city about Jesus. 
Um, this is a great banner because it's like serving our city, taking God's presence as we go. Every week it's there. It's a great reminder, isn't it, why we're here. Um, yeah, so as Paul and Barnabas leave the synagogue, the people are desperate for more. They've heard this thing, God is the main actor, and they want to hear more. They've heard about Jesus, they want to hear more, and they're begging them to come back uh, from verse 42. Um, they've heard these empowering words from believers proclaiming the gospel boldly. They've heard the words that Paul spoke, and the Holy Spirit has convicted their hearts to believe. And it says then that the next Sabbath... Almost the whole city is gathered to hear the word of the Lord. So you can imagine a much smaller group of people in a synagogue, and then following what they've done with those few people, the word has spread. The word has spread. The word has spread. Um, and that's what happens. The good news spreads. We start with the small, with the truth, the truth is spoken, and that leads to far bigger things. In our missions, we should care for people and demonstrate the kingdom through signs and wonders, but we must also tell people what the truth is um, we partner with the Spirit in, in, in speaking truth. So just coming on to missions for all people, I just wanted to briefly touch on this, not dwell on it too much, but there's an important turning point in the story here where the church has been focused in and around Jerusalem, and, and then in this case, they've gone to a synagogue in, in Turkey, which is where they are, and um, they've turned up with the whole city to hear this message. And then the leaders and the people in the synagogue, their hearts are hardened. They're, they become jealous of the crowd that they're now speaking to. Um, and they contradict Paul and they criticize him and they denounce him. And Paul and Barnabas spoke out loudly saying, it was necessary that the word of God be spoken first to you since you thrust it aside and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life. Behold, we are turning to the Gentiles, for so the Lord has commanded us. And that's a key switch, right, from Paul and Barnabas' focus on the Jewish community to the rest of the world and to the nations. And then it's these three journeys that we then see unfolding probably over the next few weeks. Um, yeah, so it's a real turning story in the, in, in the book of Acts, and I think it's just important for us to know as, as we're, we're going through this journey. So as I come to close, uh, there's a few areas I think we can think about in terms of making this real. Um, in missions, we, we're going to find people that are hungry, that really want to hear what we have to say, and we should absolutely lean into that and not be afraid of even, you know, jumping into it. But we're also going to find people uh, who are going to reject and will come against us, and we shouldn't be afraid of that either. We should absolutely lean into it. And, um, you know, whether that's in a small setting where it's Sergius and Bar Jesus, and um, the Bar Jesus is the one guy that's against you, or whether you're talking to the whole city and it's a small group of people that are against you. Uh, we need to speak the truth, partnering with the Holy Spirit, regardless of what is going on around us. Um, being co-workers with God to extend his kingdom and his fame, that's our focus, and we should do that at all cost. So our role in missions, first, let God be the initiator and follow his calling. Uh, recognize God as the main actor, and our role is to love people and to speak truth. And then maybe just some things to ask for. Ask for discernment, to know what God is doing. Ask for courage, to be obedient to the call. Expect to be empowered when that happens, 
Um, ask for boldness to handle adversity, to speak truth, and be a carrier of the kingdom, um, taking his love and message to the city while, while we're serving. Thanks for listening to the Sterling Vineyard Sundays podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, please visit our website at sterlingvineyard.co.uk or find us on social media at Sterling Vineyard Church.